Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Phillies podcast. My name is Dan Wilson. Today is Thursday, November 19th, 2020. And on today's episode, very special guest, Jack Fritz of 94WIP. If you don't already know, he is the afternoon show producer for John Marks and Ike Reese at WIP. He's also a co-host on another great Phillies podcast that I highly recommend, the High Hopes podcast. He does that with James Seltzer who is the midday show producer at 94WIP here in Philadelphia. Always great to talk to Jack. I've gotten to know him for the past couple of years now. Great to talk baseball with him. Great to talk Phillies baseball with him. We discussed a number of things from JT Romuto, Didi Gregorius. How do you even fix this atrocity of a Phillies bullpen? Please bear with us. We did have some unforeseen internet issues, internet connection issues, that is throughout the recording of this episode. I think it came out all right, but if you do have any a uh, little bit of stack or anything like that, please bear with me. But again, without further ado, Jack Fritz from 94WIP. He is today's guest, part one of a part two episode of the Locked on Phillies podcast. Happy to have on friend of the pod, Jack Fritz, uh, afternoon show producer at WIP, also the host of the High Hopes Phillies podcast. Jack, how are you doing today? Dan, uh, I've said many times that uh, the High Host podcast is the only Phillies podcast, so I am excited to join another Phillies <laughs> another podcast. One. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Dan, big fan of you, and uh, I'm glad to see you got this podcast. So that's good to see. I'm glad to join you. Thank you. We'll we'll come out with the hard hitting questions right yes, away. Yes, please. Okay. Biggest priority this off season because I have my take on this, but I'll get yours first. Is it uh, signing JT? Is it DD? Is it getting an actual front office executive? Yeah, I honestly, I, I don't care about. I'm so I'm, I'm over the JT thing. I'm over the DD thing. Give me a give me a, a, a GM that has any idea what he's doing, or a president that has any idea what he's doing. Whether it's Theo, uh, I would love Eric Neander. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, Thad Levine from from Minnesota would be amazing. But like honestly, priority one, get me a smart president. If you if the alternative is JT or Brian Sabian or something like that or like uh, 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 Jim Hendry or Ned Coletti, I'll take JT. Give me JT. I don't want any old dude. I like you're not you're not catching the Dodgers. You're not catching the Rays. You're not catching these teams by hiring some old dudes that haven't. Well, like, I understand that Sabian won in 2014 and built through. Like the game has gotten so far ahead of where these guys are. You're not catching those teams by hiring old people. Like I'm just out, I'm out, I'm out. So um, yeah, I would say, give me a smart front office guy. It's all I care about. Then sign JT, then sign DD. I have no interest in signing JT for anything more anything more than like, I don't know, $140 million. Like I'm not, I'm not committing the rest of my franchise to like JT. Like, I, I think he's amazing. I think he's awesome. And I was the best catcher in baseball, but like catchers don't make or break teams. Like they just don't. And, and the, everyone's like things like, Oh, well he's going to be a DH or whatever, or first baseman in two years. Anyway, it's like, he's not even that good of a hitter. Also, Name me one time JT got a big hit. Like just, just one time. He's never gotten a big hit. I, I swear, I, I, I don't have the stats to back it up. Pure gut, never got a big hit. So I'm good. Is it fair to say that he's? I know he just won on Monday Night Football, but he's like the Kirk Cousins of catchers. Like only gets like Sunday at one hits. Is there yeah, an sure. analogy there? Sure, sure. I mean, I, he's never got a hit with runners in scoring position. I don't know how the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that's the stat. Yeah, okay, that's so that's a Jack Fritz stat in terms yeah. of. 
I agree with you in terms of getting actually someone who knows what they're doing. I'm out on Hendry just on the pure basis that Andy McPhail recommended him. I don't want why does he even ha- still have a say in the room? It makes absolutely no sense to me. Right. Get someone who is entirely different from what they've been doing. I didn't. I was excited for maybe like a few hours when Matt Clintax stepped down. Didn't really think it did much. Now it's just Ned Rice, Andy McPhail, and John Middleton who have kind of consistently proved incompetence anyway. I'll ask you this question because this was a take I had on the podcast last week, but I think I know the answer to it. So you, I'm kind of like you and JT Romuto. Everyone kind of just wants to write him a blank check. I don't think as good as he is, he's even if you thought he was really good, take out this part about him not being clutch, even if he could play catcher all of that time. And by the way, we don't even know if they're going to have a DH in the National League or not. They haven't really officially said it seems to be indicating that they won't. I'll ask you this. If you could have JT Romuto and Didi Gregorius bring them both back, or you could go with signing George Springer for similar to JT Romuto money and getting a guy like James McCann, which road are you going down? Um, I don't think James McCann's that good. I know, I know everyone talks about him, but I feel like if you actually watched him, you, like, they brought in his Monte Grandal over him, you know, and and that was when James McCann was coming off a season where he or he hit really well. So there must be something off there. Um, I mean, the numbers back up that he's a good, he like, throws out a lot of runners and whatnot, but I don't know if he is that much of a difference maker. I, honestly, I like the idea of, um, I like the idea of Mike Sunino. I know he can't hit for, for anything, but just watching him run a game in the world series and how he defended and having to catch all those guys. I think that guy's just a really good catcher and he's a, he's a winner. And like, I don't know. I think I think Springer is obviously great, and he would help a lot. And he would um, like the big hits in the postseason are wonderful. Um, I still think I'd rather have JT just for what he brings to the Phillies, you know. And and keeping Bryce happy, I think, is important. And I don't think it's being factored enough into this. So I would say I would say I'd rather have JT, but I get the Springer thing. I, I don't. James McCann's fine. I I honestly I was, I'm not sure they're going to spend on anything. Like, I, I really don't know. You know, I, I don't think they're I don't think their master plan is like, oh, we're not going to spend on JT. So we're going to go spend on on George Springer. I don't think they're going to do either. I think if they don't spend on JT, they're just going to they're just going to sit it out and wait for bargains. Like that's that's where I'm at. And it's very sad, but that's just kind of just kind of where I'm at. I don't get the sense they would get Springer either. I guess I phrased it as a question of I think it was the MLB trade rumors article from a week or two ago had Real Muto getting very similar, if not identical, money to a George Springer. They're both around that age 30 mark. Is it worth... Like, I just don't like the idea of giving five years to an aging catcher. I know center field is a position that you kind of lose some lust and defensive ability as you get older too, but it seems like Springer for his offensive production and the fact that he'll still be in his prime for, you'd think, a little bit longer would make more sense. I'm with you on you know, guys like McCann and Zanino. I just think it, get a good, def, like solid defensive catcher as someone who's a fantasy baseball enthusiast, just not a lot of them are good at offense. Just period. It's, exactly. Never, I mean, it, they're just, they're just not like JT is so far and away, like the best guy. That's like, there's so many other guys that it just, they're so interchangeable that it doesn't even, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter that much. Obviously you want blue chip talent, blue chip talent wins. Um, but like you, you can't you can't spend all of your money on a catcher that's going to be catching for three years maybe and then you know for he's going to move to first or he's just going to be a DH it just doesn't 
It's not the smartest team building. And, and again, if they can get him for five years, 125, cool. It just, it's just people are say, just give him whatever he wants. And like Sixto is gone. Sixto is not coming back. There's nothing they can do to bring Sixto back. It's kind of just a sunk cost at this point. He can't operate uh, on the future of the team because of a sunk cost in Sixto. That MLB Trade Rumors article had it five years, 125 million. You said you're not going more than 140. Would you do the five years, 125 right now? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, he's, he's definitely worth that. He's he's worth that. He's 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 going to provide value, I think, for a long time. Um, it's just like the, the reports from earlier when it was like, ah, $200 million. No, you can't you can't do that. It's not it's not good baseball business. I just don't even like the idea of signing him. Like, it's the years more for me than the money. I know, like, a five-year, $125 million contract is exactly what Ryan Howard got. Obviously, entirely different now, 10 years later, signing a guy to that much. But if he's still around three, four, like, you're going to pay $25 million, like you said, to a first baseman slash DH to a team that already has Reese Hoskins as a first baseman and Alec Bohm, who's not a great defensive third baseman. Like, you're kind of working yourself into a defensive logjam similar to they had what was it, two years ago when there was a lineup that they started Hoskins, Bohr, Real Muto, and Carlos Santana? Like, it just it seems like you're entirely neglecting the team's defense. More of my conversation with Jack coming right up. But first, a word from our sponsors. In terms of other needs this offseason, you can't, I, I would assume you would agree, you can't roll out Vince Velasquez as a starter again. Where, where are you looking the starting pitching market and also this bullpen that was historically bad in 2020. Well, uh, I think a guy like Jake Odorizzi makes a lot of sense, you know, kind of had a down year last year. Um, I think, I think he's looking for a nice bounce back. Not, he, he didn't really, yeah. Did he pitch last year? I don't know. I, the year before he was great last this, this past 2020 season wasn't great, but um, he seems like a decent bounce back candidate. Like I'm starting to, I'm starting, I'm trying to get my mind around, like the one or two year deals, uh, cheap deals that they could bring in. Like I would love for them to sign Charlie Morton, you know, just a, just a one year, 8 million and let's ride, you know I mean? Cause they were the ones that fixed Charlie Morton. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think it might be the right time for a, for a Hamels reunion just cause like, it seems like they want it to happen or it seems like Hamels wants it to happen. I mean, he begs every off season to come back. Um, and it, it just feels like the right kind of time for it. I mean, it, he's he's older now. He's coming off the injury. He doesn't have much years left. Just give him kind of a, a one-year deal and let's go from there. Um, I don't know if he's going to – like. I, he seems like he's still trying to get big money. I don't know. Um, I'm just trying to think of names off the top of my head. <sighs> There's some de- like I would love them to go after James Baxton. I know he's hurt all the time, but I would just like for them to take a shot on James Baxton, figuring it out and, and being healthy. Garrett Richards is a guy that I love. I mean, I've I've loved Garrett Richards since he like broke out in 2013, and then uh, up in Boston, I guess he he hit the bag wrong and tore his knee up and ruined my fantasy baseball season. So like, that's a guy who I lo- like. Just in watching him last year, his stuff is still just disgusting. Like not. There's not many guys in the league that have like 96 in their back pocket with like a hammer curveball and like everything darts. Like it just darts all over the place. So Richard, like, he's another guy that's really good. Just injured half the time. Like I, when I was going through all the potential free agent candidates, he's, he's pitched like 10 games in like four of his seasons of the last yeah. seven, eight years, whatever it is. Like it's availability is not his best ability. And I guess that's what the red flag on him. But when he pitches, he's great. 
That's this is the year. So this is the year that you just need him for the full season. Bullpen names. He was was healthy last year. He was healthy last year. Uh, I know it's a short season, so he probably eventually would have gotten hurt. But he he, he put it together a little bit last year for for the – for the Padres, and he's a guy that I would just love to hand it to Caleb Cotham and let him just go. You know, I mean, Cotham's like one of those guys that's very advanced in in um, the data and all that stuff. So, um, all in there. Taewon Walker is a name that I love. You know, um, was good last year for the Blue Jays, and um, you know, just just the right kind of guy to take a shot on. It's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of firing darts and seeing what you can get. Um, and then if, if they spend a little bit more money on James Paxton, I think that'd be cool. Just, just seeing if they can get there. Um, but Odorizzi feels like a guy that they would definitely key on. And then bullpen guys, uh, like I, I'm all in on the uh, the bounce back Kirby Yates train. Like I, the, I think the only trade rumors thing was like one year, five million. Yeah, no, you, know? you could get him for cheap. Yeah, I was like, sign me up. I don't care. That guy's could have like we could be pitching lefty for all I care. I just want to see if he can do it uh, anymore. And Kirby Yates was the best reliever in baseball for a year there. Like like two years ago. Yeah, he's another guy I own in a dynasty fantasy baseball league. Great. Wasn't as great in 2020. Got hurt. I'm right with you there on Kirby Yates for one year, five. I'd probably sign him for almost double that. If if no one's, you know, going in on Kirby Yates, I'd be like, sign me up. He's a legitimate go-to reliever who is, a, I, in my mind, I would work out a thousand times better than, and Brandon Workman or whoever else you want to, I mean, they're not bringing him back, but it, it worked horribly in 2020. Exactly. Exactly. The big guy out there is obviously Liam Hendricks and it, and it seems like such a classic Phillies move to like over correct things and try to like, sure. I mean, they did it with Papelbon back in, was that 2012? Like the same kind of thing. I mean, uh, they have a huge need. They feel like they're closer than they are and they go spend like i don't know 50 million on liam hendricks for a couple of years I, I like that just feels like a it feels like a very phillies move and like i would love it i mean i think i think the closer position is like pretty overrated um but you especially need someone now that can do. especially yeah. now like it's not the same it's not you know brad lidge never came in before the ninth inning in 2008 like i oftentimes think if that season was played now it wouldn't be managed anywhere close to the same way no um but you need someone that can do it though i mean you need someone that can physically get like Getting the last three outs of a baseball game is still hard to do. No matter what era you're in, having a fireman is great. Like Sir Anthony, if you in a perfect world, like in 2017, 2018, if you could have Sir Anthony be the the sixth, seventh, eighth guy comes in, puts at the fire as your best reliever, and then you still have a good closer, that's perfect. That's kind of what I'm envisioning with Liam Hendricks. You know, just get him back there and then let you know, let Naris and maybe one other guy come in and and you know, whether it's wanna be Jojo, whether it's gonna be Connor Brogdon. And kind of piece your way through it. I personally would love to, um, I would love to get another fireball or strikeout guy to kind of be the the the, the Andrew Miller type sixth, seventh inning, eighth inning, just stop stop the fire as it gets as it's getting started. Um, there's a, there's a lot of interesting bullpen names like Shane Green's a guy who they loved uh, two years ago. The Braves got him, whatnot. He was like, we his use of the Braves was weird. It was like. They would bring him in when they're down. Like, they didn't seem like they really trusted him. Um, but I always thought he was nasty. I, I would love for them to go to Brad Hand. I don't think they'll do it. Um, seems like all the smart teams are shying away from Brad Hand because the velo is down. So no one even put in a waiver. No one even put put in a single waiver claim for him. Like literally, all I know. Thirty it's, teams. Passed. It's crazy. I mean, he had like a two ERA last year. I mean, it's, it's career year for Brad Hand, and no one bid on that. 
Yeah, everyone's worried about the uh, everyone's worried about the velo decrease, and they think it's all going to come to an end. Um, and then a guy, and then a guy like Trevor May is is I think an absolute perfect idea. I mean, give me a guy that, that throws ninety eight and let's ride. I mean, seriously, he's he's got a wipeout slider, all that fun stuff. Um, you, you put him in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, let him kind of be the first guy out of the pen, put out fires. Like if you're not going to have you know great guys coming up to throw hard and whatnot for another couple of years, May's the perfect guy. Baby Ace, he you know hopefully wants to come back and, and be a part of the organization, and and then get Liam Hendricks. I mean, I don't think they're going to do any of this. You know, if I was spending John Middleton's money, I would get a lockdown closer, and then I would get Trevor May and kind of let him rotate up and down. Like, I mean, they don't see. Here's what's flawed in how people talk about the bullpen. They talk about the bullpen like they're a hundred pieces away. They're really not. Like they're not. Naris is good enough. Brogdon shows some things. I loved Connor Brogdon. Next Madsen. I first one on that. I just want everyone to know. First one on next Madsen. Um, Jojo Romero is awesome. I mean, 96, 97 when he was like a Joe, Joe Giglio and I saw Jojo Romero up in Reading. I want to say two years ago. And he was like 91, 92. And we we're like, oh, he stinks. All of a sudden, his first game against the Braves, it's 97. And we're like, this is not the same guy that we saw in Reading. So, um, and I do think Phillies actually developed someone. Is that allowed? Oh, didn't know that was possible. I no. didn't know that was possible at all. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with the people that are like, oh, the bubble pens. Like, it's not that. And I, I said this for, I've said this for years, and and maybe I'm crazy. I could be. Whatever. Building a bullpen not that hard. It's just not that hard. Like the, the Phillies last year signed like Francisco Liriano and Blake Parker and Drew Storen and. I forget whether oh freaking Bud Norris. It's like what? How did you think that was gonna go? Like, did you really think that you guys were on the cutting edge of like veteran arms figuring it out here? Like, come on, get out of here. Like, spend some. Like, Termay is not gonna break the bank. It's it's like two years. You know, twelve million for Trevor May. Go do that. That's a smart move. It's frustrating. That'll do it for part one of my conversation with Jack. Again, stay tuned tomorrow for part two when we get more into the in-depth issues that continue to plague this team, as well as a few takes that he was willing to give us before our time concluded here on the Locked on Phillies podcast. That'll do it for today's episode. I'll talk to you all tomorrow.